You're listening to the Michelangelo Signorelli Show on Sirius XM. Welcome back. I'm Michelangelo Signorelli on Sirius XMLQ 109. A vote in the upper chamber of the Russian National Legislature today on banning gay propaganda, which could have in, in just enormous ramifications, passed by an astounding 434 to zero. I don't think it's surprising to tell you that the Senate is expected to pass it. The lower chamber is expected to pass it, I mean, and the uh, uh, leaders, of course, will uh, enact this law. We've talked about some uh, really horrible uh, hate crimes that have happened in Russia in recent weeks. Of course, Moscow Pride banned uh, every year protests uh, that have been uh, violent when it comes to counter-protesters attacking gay marchers. There were protests today uh, as well. And joining me from Moscow is Masha Gessen, who's a Moscow-based journalist uh, and activist, somebody I have known uh, for many years. We used to work together uh, many years ago. She is a frequent contributor to Vanity Fair, The New York Times, Slate, uh, many other publications, has written several books uh, and has been on the program and joins me uh, from Moscow. Hi, Masha. Hi, Grandpa. Uh Great to have you on the show. I read your uh, post on Facebook uh, about the protests that were taking place outside of Russia's parliament. I, I want to talk about uh, those protests. But first, tell um, our audience uh, about this law and about uh, what it would do and the momentum that it has had. Well, the law essentially bans any talk of, um, they've changed the wording, it's not homosexuality now, it's non-traditional sexual relations. So it's even, even more vague than it was before, and it's even more vague than the local legislation that has been passed in about nine or ten municipalities in, in Russia. But it, it, makes, um, uh, it makes it a crime to, uh, I quote, form in minors uh, the erroneous impression of social equality, of traditional and non-traditional sexual relations. Um, so this is really a fascist law. It actually enshrines second-class citizenship for anybody who is not part of a heterosexual nuclear family. And, and it also imposes back-breaking fines um, up to 100,000 rubles, which is more than $3,000 for uh, engaging in the spread of such information using the Internet, for example. Well, and, and, and in, that, in that regard, what are some examples of some of the things it could cover? I mean, you just said the Internet, parades, marches, um, any speaking out of any kind. I mean, what exactly do activists believe it could affect? Any speech. So uh, my talking to my kids uh, and saying to them that our family is equal to the family next door is conceivably a crime. Wow. Um, 
perhaps even you're speaking to me right now and talking about this. Well, you're not a minor, uh-huh. but a person minors could hear this. Right. This is this is all done in the name of children. Right, and spreading uh, propaganda to children. Right. Talk about the vote. Uh, it's just extraordinary uh, to see that kind of, um, you, you know, an, uh, unanimous support for uh, an anti-gay law. And I guess it gets to the politics and the culture and, and how embedded homophobia is in, in Russian political culture. Talk a little bit about that. Well, yes and no. I mean, uh, it, you know, we don't actually have a parliament. We have something that, that's called a parliament, but it's not really an elected body. So um, it's an indirectly elected, in-rigged election body for the rubber stamping of, of Kremlin legislation. Uh, and the Kremlin's line right now is uh, traditionalist, nationalist, rapidly for church. So that's, um, that's part of the Kremlin's war on anybody who's the other. But it, it, it falls, I'm sure you've heard about the foreign agents law uh, and uh, uh, the searches and seizures that have been occurring at all sorts of non-governmental organizations in Russia. It's the same sort of thing. They're seeking out anybody who's different and cracking down. And there have been reports, we've been talking about them, of brutal hate crimes. And, of course, uh, we've seen uh, protests that have become violent with counter-protesters uh, as well. And, and, and a lot of people here look at it and just think people are enormously brave to even go uh, out into the street and, and put their body out there and stand up and speak out for equality. You were there today. Um, you write on your Facebook page um, about 50 people uh, standing there, and, and you say that it was not just very scary, but also very painful. Talk a bit about it. Um, well, uh, I got there. I rode my bike to the Parliament building, which is near my house. And after I parked my bike, um, I don't know, about 300 feet from the entrance, I started walking towards the entrance to the to the Duma, the, the Russian parliament, and I felt a heavy blow on my back and then another. And I turned around and I realized that a uh, prominent Russian Orthodox activist named Dmitry Anteo had chased me down the street so that he could attack me from behind. Now, my conjole, you know what I look like, but your listeners probably don't. But I, you know, I weigh over 100 pounds on a good day. Uh, it's, uh, it's really quite something for somebody you know, to chase down a very small middle-aged woman on the street in order to attack her for, with something heavy from behind. Um, and uh, uh, then I, I, I ran away from him uh, to join the protest. The protest was about 50 people, mostly very young, standing in front of the parliament. And they were surrounded by no fewer than 200 counter-protesters. Now, as we found out uh, around the time of the protest, and this has been confirmed by a couple of Russian journalists, uh, these people were uh, solicited through social networks, and a lot of them showed up um, expecting to be paid. And they were paid 300 rubles, which is about $10, for taking part in what amounted to a pogrom. So, um, Who pays them? Um, Russian Orthodox identified activists. 
So they don't have enough people willing to show up uh, to gay bash. And they draft teenagers who have nothing against gay bashing, but are even more excited about gay bashing for money. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, as I walked to the, uh, toward the protesters, I, um, I addressed several police officers who were standing around, asking them to take a, a complaint from me about being attacked by somebody I could identify by name. Right? No reaction. Uh, so then the police got, uh, they were radioed, I could hear their radios, they were radioed instructions to disperse the protest. Uh, all the time we were standing there, which wasn't very long, uh, the counter-protesters were throwing stuff at us, um, rocks, bags of urine and shit, uh, and uh, rotten eggs. Unfortunately, they were not very good at this, so uh, by the time we got on, uh, into the, uh, the prisoner transport vehicle, um, none of us actually stank, which was, which was quite fortunate. So then the police started pushing us toward the prisoner transport vehicle. Um, one of the um, counter-protesters attacked one of the gay male protesters, uh, tackled him to the ground. The police intervened after a while, even though this was happening in plain view of the police. Uh, and while intervening, they pulled the counter-protester off of the guy, and then the policeman stepped with his boot on the, the throat of the guy who was on the ground. He, the police officer put his, his boot on the throat of the protester on the ground. Right, and held it there for about 10, 15 seconds. We saw a, um, we saw a video, and I'm wondering if that was the video. It, it showed some Russian, they, they seem like school children, teenagers, kicking a gay activist on the floor, or was that a different incident? That was a different incident. That actually happened after the, the protest dispersed. Um, and I was already at the police station at that point, so I, I, I can't. Uh, I, I only know what people told me. This I saw with my own eyes. So, um, you know, they again they weren't detaining any of the attackers, uh, and then they, it took them about 15 minutes. We linked arms. So it took them about 15 minutes to physically shove us away from the entrance and to the prisoner transport. People were hauled into the prisoner transport. Um, you know, I've been arrested in New York. Well, this this was quite a different experience. This was uh, it's a lot rougher. Uh, and, and you didn't uh, go there with the intention of getting arrested? No, I did not go there with the intention of getting arrested. Uh, I was not engaging in civil disobedience. I was standing in front of the Parliament building. That is the, uh, the full description of what I was doing. I wasn't even chanting. Right, you were going there as a journalist, a lesbian. No, no, journalist. I did not. No, I did not go there as a journalist. I went there as a protester. Uh, there weren't any chants that I particularly liked. Uh, I did not have a poster. Uh huh. So my, uh, but no, I certainly was not. I see. There to cover it, I was there to participate. Uh, but I was going to participate in the in a in a kissing. Uh, but my kissing partner uh, was late, so by the time she got there, she ran after our, our, our prisoner transport vehicle. But I never got to kiss. So all I ever did was stand in front of the parliament building. That was my, my full offense, um, which is actually the reason that nobody uh, was charged with anything. So, you know, they detained people, they held them, they held them for a few hours, and they, then they released them. The, the, brave, the brave young women who I was detained with, um, they actually... After they were released about three hours later, they went back to the parliament building in time for, for the third vote, because um, the parliament actually is about to break for vacation. So they, they took the second and third vote on the bill on the same day.
so some of the protesters will go back in time for the third vote. And, and, and this man who you said, the Orthodox leader who uh, attacked you, did he hit you with his hand or, or an object? No, he hit me with an object. He had a bag, had a shoulder bag, uh, and there was something very heavy in the bag. I, I think it was a dumbbell, for, judging from the way it landed on my back. Um, and, um, yeah, he, he would swing the bag and hit my back. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, and he And he's <laughs> a well-known Orthodox leader? Yes, he was a well-known leader of these anti-gay, anti-feminist uh, protests. Uh, he was easily identifiable by, identifiable by name and by face. Uh, the police had ample opportunity to, to detain him, and they did not. Now, here's something else interesting that happened while they were transporting us to the police. Uh, there was actually a man in our prisoner transfer vehicle. There were uh, 25 protesters and one counter-protester who... Um, I'm not sure how he ended up in the, in the, in the transport. Uh, but they stopped on the way to the police station and let the counter-protester out. Wow. And then they continued on their way to the, to the police station. It, it, it's just, again, to hear these accounts, to see these videos, um, it it is, from the perspective of, of being here, um, just incredible and, and unbelievable to see that. You have obviously been a journalist and an activist, uh, both here and there. And I guess one question people have is, how do people do it? How do people actually, you know, really get that courageousness and that bravery to go out and knowing that it'll be like that? You know, I don't have an answer for that. I, uh, I did not particularly want to be there. I just felt like I couldn't not go, and I knew that um, uh, I'm well-known enough both as, a, as an activist and as a journalist that it would make people feel more sure of themselves, perhaps a little bit safer, which may not be a good idea, um, but certainly, you know, support it um, if I showed up, so I showed up. Uh, I, I don't know how the young people who organize it actually do it every time. Uh, this is the fourth time that they've staged a kiss at the Parliament building during the discussion or, or a vote on this particular bill. And they've been beaten up every time. Uh, one of the young men uh, who were uh, in, the, in the transport vehicle with me uh, had actually had his nose broken during a kiss in January. Uh, and in fact, the counter-processor who was in the transport with us was the man who broke his nose. Wow. He's the guy who's, who was then released. So, um, you know, and I keep saying young because they're, they're all really young. They're all in, 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 in their 20s. Um, there was one 17-year-old who was at the police station with us. Um, and um, they've, they've grown up under Putin. They don't even have the sort of the liberal time that I um, enjoyed in the, in the early 90s when the anti-gay laws, the criminal laws were repealed and, and there was sort of a, a short-lived renaissance. After the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, but um, before um, the institution of this kind of real um, ugly homophobia that's really used to um, deflect against all of the other issues, right? Right. There was, um, and then there was never... Uh, um, 
there was no it, there was never enough freedom to I don't know engage in the discussion of same sex marriage or, or something like that. But there was certainly a, a sense of liberation because. Uh, well, did we uh, lose her? Masha? Hello, I'm sorry. Oh, I think what? we lost no, we lost you there for a second. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you you said there was um, a sense of of liberation. Right, there was a sense of liberation because uh, in the Soviet Union, uh, consensual gay sex was a criminal offense, and so when that law was lifted, uh, it and when gay bars uh, first appeared and, and people started slowly, very slowly, coming out to to their friends or their family. Um, there was a, a sense that things were changing, and things were really so different from from the Soviet period. Um, so, uh, you know, that lasted through the '90s and the early knots. Um And now, for the last couple of years, we've faced this um, wave of growing uh, homophobia that's that's really being inflamed by the Kremlin, and it's really being used in the culture war against opposition. Where do you see it going? Uh, obviously, you and others are standing up to it, um, but we see these these really horrible reports um, of violence and, of course, uh, this vote today. H- how do you foresee this um, moving forward? Oh, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Um, I and mean, then I think that we're going to see... Uh, random prosecutions, because the law that they passed today and that they, they're going to pa- pass in the Senate shortly, um, that it's so vague, it's so wide open, that they're going to use it um, to harass people, and it's definitely going to be enforced randomly. Uh, I think it's going to be used um, to shut people up. It's going to be used against media outlets to shut them down. Is going to be used to probably shut down some bookstores um, and um, maybe film festivals. So it's, 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 it's sort of an all-purpose uh, tool of repression. I fully expect it will be used against me to um, uh, to scare, you know, to, to harass me by threatening to take my kids away and um, um, to try to harass me out of the country. And it's going to work. I mean, I'm going to leave sometime fairly soon. You feel it's gotten to that point where, for your safety and the children's safety, you have to leave? Uh, well, it's just, it, it, it gets to a point where it's absurd and where you can't explain to your children why you're sticking around. Yeah, and of course, um, you have to consider yourself very lucky that you can do that. Absolutely. I mean, so um, many. I, so I many am very people. fortunate that I can do that. Although my partner is a Russian citizen and she doesn't have a legal right to enter the United States, so we're going to have to figure something out there. And one of our kids is also a Russian citizen. Um, but yeah, I mean, most people. Well, uh, boy, I, I I have to say, you um, you, you give us the 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 prime example why we hope the Supreme Court um, overturns the Defense of Marriage Act in a couple of weeks. Um, exactly. Yes, <laughs> it's families like mine that will. You know, for a model, it will make a, a, a world of difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody I know is talking about immigration, and that's it's not just uh, uh, LGBT folk; it's it's everybody. Because of course, this kind of repression um, and this kind of harassment ultimately affects ev- everybody who's a thinking person or or really a living, breathing person. Hmm. 
Well, Masha, uh, I really um, appreciate your coming on the program and, and, and informing our audience about what's happening there. Uh, our, our thoughts go with you and everybody there uh, and certainly uh, support everybody who's uh, doing the work. And I want to thank you for coming on the program. Thank you very much. It's great yes. to talk to you. And when you're back here, uh, come, come and visit us in the studio as well. Will do. Uh, Masha Gessen is a Moscow-based journalist uh, and a- an activist um, who um, writes for Vanity Fair, Slate.com, uh, and the New York Times. We're back in a few minutes. The Michelangelo Seniorelli Show.